Welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are two witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and life in the Deep South. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Selena. And I'm Luna. And it is March, finally. Finally. I say finally as if it hasn't, like, blown in here super fast. I don't know. February just kind of dragged for a little while, but it's probably because of all the stinking rain. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, the rain. Also, January was a fucking blur. It was. It was so busy. Anyway, so it's March the 2nd, Mm -hmm. 2020. The sun is in Pisces now, and I'm not even mad about it. Uh, we have a waxing moon in Gemini, and we have Mercury retrograde going on. That's fun. And it really has been totally fine for me this time. I'm doing a lot of, like, internal reflection and that kind of stuff, and it's been really nice. Last year, it could fuck all the way off. But <laughs> this year, I've been good, so I feel good. How yeah. do you feel? Like shit. I'm really glad you're right. having a good well, time. Well, you know what? <laughs> Next year... It might be okay. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully next year will be good. Just flip-flop it, right? I am ready for the rain to stop. We had some sunshine today. We really did, and it was absolutely gorgeous all day. You know, it's not uncommon for me to want to go outside and take all my clothes off. However, I resist, but I struggled with that resistance today it because little- it was so sunny. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, it was even, like, warmish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, n- I need this sunshine on my belly. Yeah, but today was a little nipply. Yes, I didn't do it today. <laughs> but had I, bit. you know what? I think we've gotten off. We veered off course. Yeah, just a little, a little bit. Let's get back to uh, podcast. I hey, still, everybody. I think we should keep. I think we should keep it all in there. I think people should know what they're getting uh, when they listen to our show. Yikes! Um, okay. So what? What are we talking about today? I'm oh. really excited to be back because we took a week off. We had a vacation, and this is what you we get did. when we rest. Right. A lot, of, a lot of crazy when we come back. A bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we had a fun guest on last time, and that was awesome. It was. It and, was. Uh, and we've got, gosh, we're lined up through July for sure. And then we got, oh, man, we got a lot of stuff coming up this year. I'm excited. I'm not going to give it all away. You have to listen. Yeah, you got to stay tuned. Yeah, listen. So what we're talking about today, we're back to our 13 goals of the witch. Um, so we're on goal number three. Learn and grow. Sometimes it's just learn, but I think that the grow part is important. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Okay. Because I think learn, okay, goes back to our second one about know your craft, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And know yourself. Okay. Those are all, that all falls into learn. But I think the key word in learn and grow is the growth. Because you can learn a lot of stuff. You can retain a lot of information. But if you're not growing, if you're not evolving, if you're not changing and transforming, what are you fucking doing? Mm -hmm. You know? So the knowledge, if you're not growing from that knowledge, if you're not expanding your consciousness and your awareness, Mm -hmm. then all the learning in the world is not going to make any difference. Right. You have to put it into practice. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to keep the word grow in there. I think that's why it was in there. I don't know for sure. But for me, (laughs) that's the key word in this particular goal is growth. And if you can look back on yourself from six months ago or a year ago, or if you're really brave, 10, 15 years ago, and see that progress. Oh, my God. Right? See how scary that was? <laughs> that was very scary. It's scary. Very scary. You know, but you can see that you're evolving and you're improving. And I don't know. I think that's kind of the whole point, you know? Right. And so, so I have bullet points this time. Okay. I've, I'm a little more organized today than usual. Yay. Um, I blame that on the rain. I don't know. You had so, extra time. Did I, though? <laughs> I have an extra kid at my house for a couple of days, and she's a delight. She's my goddaughter. And uh, the kids have just been running around just top speed mm-hmm. for two days, and it's 
it's starting to wear on my nerves. I will sympathize from afar. <laughs> You've got this maniacal grin on your face, I so do. I feel like that's girl. I've been there, done that. I just, true. I'm just sitting back You've watching the fireworks. Your time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, okay. So my second little bullet point yeah. here. I I think uh, something that is often overlooked is having the ability to receive, being open to new experiences and having a beginner's mind, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Are you teachable, you know? That's a good question. You've got to ask yourself because you can can take all the knowledge that you've acquired, Mm -hmm. but are you able to step outside of what you know, what you think you know, what you know you know, and experience something new from a place of openness. And whether it's something that works for you or not, are you able to find a lesson in there for yourself? Even if it's something that tells you, okay, definitely don't like this, or I don't resonate with this particular teaching. Okay, you've learned something, even if it wasn't what you expected. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, even if you learned... This isn't for me. That's a lesson. That's right. that's a piece of, you know, the puzzle of of figuring out yourself and your consciousness and your understanding of the universe, mm-hmm. you know? So you've got to have that beginner's mind though, because if you go into a situation feeling like I already know everything, you know, then you're not going to be open to the experience and you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And there may be something in there, you know, even if you do already know this topic. A, why are you there? Two, uh, you may experience something new. You may hear it in a different way that opens up another layer of meaning that you didn't previously see. You know, I get a lot of people that um, have lots and lots and lots of years of experience, and sometimes they'll want to come take a class, and they'll ask me, you know, is is this a waste of my time to take this class, you know, because this is all my experience, and I'm like but you've never experienced this class. Right. So you have to ask yourself if you're able to come into that space and be open to Mm -hmm. receiving, you know, because something may come through for you that's maybe not even what the presenter is really talking about necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I've been in so many situations where I wanted to go to, uh, a class or a workshop or something, and maybe I've already maybe I've already seen that same workshop, mm-hmm. but maybe I know the presenter, or maybe I wanted to be supportive of somebody in there, or whatever. And every time, every single time, there's either something I totally missed the first time, mm-hmm. some key or you know tidbit that just didn't connect with me the same way the first time that opens up a whole different world of information and knowledge and wisdom that I didn't receive before, mm-hmm. you know, even though I did receive th- and, and the first time I experienced it, it would have been the same. I would have been like, wow, I hadn't thought of that, you know? So when you come into a situation and you already feel like you know everything, you're already turned off to learning. You're yep. not learning or growing. You're stagnating, mm-hmm. you know? That's you're true. You're sitting there closed. Mm-hmm. To new experience. And it happens when we don't even expect it, even when we don't feel like we're being cynical, even if we're just not present, you know, mm-hmm. even if we're just sort of, ah, I got this, and you're just sort of drifting, you're missing it. Mm-hmm. You're not there. Right. You know? Um, so I think that's that's a lot of the importance of this particular goal is to be present and be open and receptive to mm-hmm. new information, new experiences, and letting them sort of work on your soul a little bit. And that's where that growth comes in, that transformation, you know? That's right. Um, people get into these situations where they have a fixed mindset and they think this is the way the world is versus somebody that comes into a situation and they're open to change. And they're open for change for themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Um, when you say things like, when you label yourself in a specific way that's limiting, I am this, or I can't do that, mm-hmm. even if it's something that seems absurd, you know, like I can't be a composer. Okay, well, 
not now you can't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you're closing off your opportunity. You're limiting yourself to what you're capable of learning and doing. Right. You know, nobody starts out that way. Mm -mm. It comes from practice and mostly practice and there's more and learning and experiencing. And you can do and be anything, you know, you, you just have to not limit yourself in that way. Right. And people do this so much. I do it. Everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't even recognize it. Right. I do it all the time. What, how many times have I said, I'm not with the words, or I can't write, <laughs> or I'm not a writer? How many times have I said that? A lot. And I have resolutely not been a writer. Do you mm-hmm. know why? Because I'm limiting myself. I'm mm-hmm. closing myself off to the possibility that that might be a skill I could learn to do. You know, I might could learn how to do that well. So that's a place where I sort of have this fixed mindset. And everybody does this, and we don't even recognize, really, all the ways that we do it. What's an example? What is something you do that that limits you? You're like, I I don't do nothing. I am so open with myself. No, that's not what I'm saying. Um. I think sometimes I won't try things for fear for fear of failure. Oh my gosh. That is such a big one. I'm mm-hmm. a bit of a perfectionist. I don't know if you know that. You probably didn't know that. No. Anyway, the look of utter <laughs> shock and surprise on your face. Right. Um, so that's a big struggle. It though. is. Yeah, because what if I don't do good? Right. It's not that I can't, it's the what if I can't. Yeah, and you know what? The first time it's going to suck. Yeah. It's just gonna. And it took me so many years to recognize that it's supposed to suck the first time, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. But the the thing that you learn from that is that right. you did it. And the world did not come to an end, mm-hmm. hopefully. Hopefully. Right. Depends on what the thing is. But I, I, I spent years, like, if I would try something, I tend to be... This is going to sound really arrogant. Here we go. No. I tend to be pretty good at <laughs> everything I do. There, I said that. We know. No, but no, but <laughs> s- no, it's problematic because everyone would say growing up, oh, you're so talented. Oh, you're so talented. So I, if I tried something and it wasn't good, mm-hmm. then I would be like, what am I? If I'm not talented, then what? Am- I would have a total identity Made you question crisis. everything, yeah. Yeah, and it would be like, oh, I tried it and it didn't work, so I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's just a completely fixed mindset. This is the problem with gifted children. If you're in child education at all, you know what I'm talking about. People, instead of emphasizing the work and mm-hmm. emphasizing the growth and emphasizing the process, they they tell the child, you know, you're so smart, you're so talented. Mm-hmm. So when they screw up, they don't know how to get out of that. Right. When they make a mistake, they don't know where to go because the focus wasn't on the work. Well, mm-hmm. that was me. Um, but when I realized that and I realized, you know, it's it's a process mm-hmm. and it's supposed to not start off great right. and the way to get from here to there is to do it again and do it again and do it again until you perfect it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where perfection comes from if that's a thing. I'm doing finger quotes, but this is radio. You can't see that. Um, <laughs> so it's tough. It's tough how yeah, much we limit ourselves. And we look, we compare ourselves to other people. We look at someone else's finish line. Oh, everybody does that. And, and if they say they don't, they own, line. Oh, I know. And we're mm-hmm. at the starting line or yeah. somewhere in the middle and we think, I'll never get there. Right. What? Where do you, you're looking at the end of their mm-hmm. years and years and years of practice and learning. Yep. And you're trying to compare yourself. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, but we do this. We do it. So don't do that. You know, learn and grow. They have, you can too. That's true. That should inspire you to to see what kind of potential that the human being can accomplish. And right. you have, you know, primarily most people probably have all the same bits and pieces as everybody else. You know, it's not, you can grow. You can always improve even even if you don't get to that point mm-hmm. where you want to be, you're going to be better than you were yesterday. Right. And tomorrow you're going to be better than you were today. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of growth, which I think is the key to this goal. I've said that. I've said that. I've said that. Um, so, and, and that, like, I've been comparing it to other areas of your life, but in your craft as well, I see it all the time. 
I get a class of students and the first thing, lesson one, what do they say? I don't know how to meditate. I can't do that. I've tried. I can't. Mm, But did you try though? But did you? I did and I fell asleep. Mm, But now. (laughs) Now I do very well with it because I practice. Because you fucking practice, man. I did. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But they come in with this fixed idea of their own inability and their own failure, mm-hmm. you know, and, and witchcraft is, it's a constant state of becoming, you know, you're never going to be whatever it is. You're going to be constantly evolving into right. that. There's no finish line. No, mm-hmm. no. As long as you're in a body, you're evolving. Right. I, I think as long as you exist in any form, you're evolving. Mm-hmm. But from our understanding, you're growing every day. You don't just stop. You don't reach some pinnacle of completion, and then there you are. You're just, you know everything you need to know. You're set for the rest of your life. Gods, wouldn't that be miserable? Mm, It'd be boring. Right? What would you do? Right. (laughs) But it's a constant state of of becoming and evolving. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, And the whole essence of magic is change, you know? Right. And, and so I think really just grabbing on to the idea of transformation mm-hmm. and what it takes to facilitate that process. It doesn't happen overnight. No. It, it doesn't, you don't wish it, you know, you don't intend it and then tomorrow it's there. It's work. There's mm-hmm. work involved. That's to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to have the discipline and you got to, you got to believe in yourself. You got to have a, a a mind that wants to grow. You know, mm-hmm. you have to believe that you can do the thing. And here's a here's a here's another bullet point. It's kind of a different little path than what I've been yammering about. Um, but it's I think that it's extremely beneficial to learn from. Your elders. Learn from those. And when I say your elders, I don't necessarily mean people that are older than you. But I'm not limiting it to, you know, it definitely includes people that are older than you. People that have lived some life, people that have walked the path before you, have some knowledge. Are you going to become their dedicant and, you know, preach their teachings and that's your sole focus in life? I'm not saying that. I'm saying people have experiences that you don't have, mm-hmm. and you can have the benefit of the lessons they learned if you open your ears and close your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, you can learn a lot from from anyone, even if they're not, you know, elders in the craft or anything. Your your grandmother, you know. Mm-hmm. Learn just from their people. mistakes. Learn, just learn, just listen, because even if even if people have drastically different beliefs than you and drastically different opinions than you, mm-hmm. there's something there. They are experiencing this lifetime. Mm-hmm. They've had different things happen. They've had different lessons than you, and that doesn't mean there isn't a lesson there for you to take away. Right. If you just listen and be open to the fact that this person might have some wisdom that you don't, you know, and that goes for young people too. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the one that gets overlooked. Right. Because young people coming up behind you, they have different experiences than you and they have a different perspective and they have some wisdom that you don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have some wisdom that they don't have. And I think people run into problems when they only are open to learning lessons from a certain type of people or a certain age of people or people who have a certain level of education, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, you know, Um, and disregard people that are younger or less experienced in some ways. I mean, gods, as a parent... How much, you know, do you learn from your kids? Yep. You know, and they've only had you to teach them. So if they're, if they are giving you lessons, if you can learn from your own children, mm-hmm. your own babies. You learn through your kids. Yeah. Imagine what you can learn from just, just listening, mm-hmm. just hearing other people. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't mean listening with 
just hearing the words bounce around in your head and while you're steady formulating an opinion or what you're going to say next. I mean, just letting it flow in and processing it slowly. You know, what is, what is this I'm hearing? What, what does it make me feel when I hear these things? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how can this be helpful information for me, even if it's just understanding another person's experience or understanding something about yourself? If you're, if you're having an emotional reaction, um, to something that someone is saying, and I think this is an important lesson for everybody in in the world right now, (laughs) um, that it's everything could change if we listen to each other mm-hmm. and recognize each other as, you know, fellow divine beings. And, you right. know, maybe we completely 100% disagree, but that doesn't diminish your experiences and it doesn't diminish my experiences. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can find a bridge and maybe we can find a way to communicate with each other and learn from each other, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that would just save the whole world. And um, there you go. How cool would uh, My that work be? is done. <laughs> right. If we would just listen to each other and, yep. and try to learn and grow rather mm-hmm. than being so set in our, in our own current opinion. Things that I thought 10 years ago, oh, God, <laughs> let me just bring this up today. Yeah, that was that 10 years ago. Oh, shit. I'm a completely different person. Oh, yeah. I'm a different person than I was a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know? Six months ago, I'm probably going to go back and listen to some episodes of this very podcast and be like, ooh, or I've completely changed my mind now. Right. But, you know, that doesn't diminish where I was at the time. Mm -hmm. And had I not been at that place at that time, what would I have missed out that I needed to get me here to this place at this Mm -hmm. time? Yeah. You know, so we can kind of diminish our own wisdom as well, you know? Yep. Even... Our uh, <laughs> our young childhood selves. I saw um, recently uh, on Twitter, I believe, one of the social media thingy thing things. Um, Thorn Mooney had posted a little snippet from one of her. Oh, that's my watch. It's so loud. I can't believe I've done this. So she had posted a little snippet from um, one of her journals of when she was like fifteen, um, and it was. And it was, it just reminded me because occasionally I would come across my journals from when I was a teenager, my diary, you know, and um, I think I just got rid of all of that at one point because it was so utterly embarrassing. But you see those things and you're like, I was an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in, in many ways I was, but there was an openness to that as well. And there were things that, that I had that you know, you sort of lose along the way too. There was a lot of passion and, and, um, energy there. And, and, oh God, I was so self-important. My thoughts mattered so much, you know? (laughs) Um, but there was, there was some wisdom in that girl, you know, in her naivete and her innocence Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I had, I closed myself off from, right. You know, and we do that to ourselves Mm -hmm. and we do that to our parents Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they're being difficult um, or not taking care of themselves well and you and, and they're not doing the things that they tell you to do. Right. You know, and as an adult, it's kind of shocking yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Um, and so we kind of diminish them. We sort of say, mm-hmm. well, you know, she's not taking care of herself, so I'm just going to not listen to her. Yeah. You know, and that's damaging to them, to you, mm-hmm. to your relationship. So... I think it's really important to be open and listen and and have that beginner's mind wherever you are, not just in a classroom, not just, you know, when you're saying, okay, I'm going to learn this new skill, but all, always, all the time, you have an opportunity to learn and grow mm-hmm. if you're open to it. Right. You know? And it's one of the 13 goals is right here. It's goal number three. So I think it's one of the, I think they're very, very important near the top, which is interesting. It's kind of like the, the hierarchy of needs, like the, you need food, shelter, mm-hmm. whatever right. at the bottom of the pyramid. It's like that. It's like, you have to be able to do these things, you know, before you can move on to the next one in the path, you have to have a certain amount of knowledge of yourself and knowledge of your craft before right. you can be open and receptive to learning lessons that seem like maybe they're not 
about your craft or your practice, but everything is really mm-hmm. everything that happens in your life, especially if you're if you're synchronized, if you're experiencing synchronicity, um, then those lessons are coming through all the time, and you have to be open to hearing them. You know, that's how the universe speaks to us. That's how our guides right. speak to us. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors, that's how they speak to us. And if we're only listening, if we're only receptive to learning and growing when we're sitting in a class or listening to someone talk about witchcraft or listening to a fantastic podcast about <laughs> witchcraft, um, you're missing things, yeah. you know? You're missing important things. Mm-hmm. So... What am I yammering about? Oh, yeah. I was talking about listening to everything mm-hmm. and questioning everything. Right. You know? And I'm, I'm just as guilty. I'll sit there and I'll have blinders on. It's like tunnel vision. I'm focused on exactly what I'm supposed to be doing at that time. And someone's over here talking to me or I'm listening to a podcast. I'm totally missing everything that's coming at me because I'm focused on something else. Yeah. So I understand completely where you're coming from. It's, and you know, and, and we can't always be like, we can't just be like radars all the time. Well, no, no. But, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm the worst about sort of tuning people out because <laughs> I've got too many damn things in my mind. Oh, there's lists I and there's, it. I need to do this, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And that might be mostly anxiety, but it's still there. And, and I forget to, I have to actively remind myself to be present, mm-hmm. you know, because I'll be thinking, I'll think the same thing over and over a hundred times, right? I'll do my to-do list through my head. It's the same list. I've already reviewed it. I know what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why am I cycling through this list? Well, anxiety. But but yeah. you have to consciously step away from that and say, what am, what's, what am I hearing right now? What am I seeing right now? Mm-hmm. You know, who's in the room with me? How am I connecting with, with the people in the room? You know, what can I be doing? You know, what can I be doing to facilitate growth right now right <clears throat> uh, oh gosh i have a note here i'm gonna i'm just gonna read it. it says the more we know the more we realize we don't know anything i feel like that so much mm-hmm. um and the more people ask me questions i feel like oh this is too big of a question for me to answer because <laughs> i want to i want to tell them everything that right. i that i know about that but then <laughs> uh so that's one one area where Christopher, who was our guest last week, is extremely skilled. He can take a huge topic and describe it in a very thorough mm-hmm. but gentle way. I'm saying gentle to mean... Relatable. He can make it where you can understand it mm-hmm. no matter where you're coming from. Right. And in just a few sentences, wrap up a really big topic, but still give you good, solid information. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as skilled as that at that, <laughs> but I'm learning. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like every time I open one door, I open it up and there's 50 more doors in there, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to explore all of them. Right. So, and that's the beauty of it though, for me. That excites me so much. That's what keeps it fun for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I really want to know an answer. Ever. Mm-hmm. I want to know where will this lead me, you know? Yeah. There's something I'm trying to learn about if it just comes with this, this is the answer, boom. I'm I, I'm totally over it. Or I'm asking a hundred more questions. I'm that person. Um, but I love it. I love it when I get an answer and I'm like, oh, but what about this? Mm-hmm. And you can explore down different rabbit trails and then all of the others and then they have their own rabbit trail. So it's a never-ending cycle. That excites me. I don't know. I might be crazy, but that's okay. Maybe a little. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I want to talk about one more thing. And we sort of talked about this. Sort of, not really. Um, and then I'm going to stop talking about this. Something that I think is one of the most important ways to grow uh, and I tell this to my children all the time, but they it hasn't sunk in yet. Um, it's by making mistakes. I yeah. hated learning this lesson. Uh, right? Yeah. Um, mistakes hurt. Mistakes can hurt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some of mm-hmm, Yep. Yes. <laughs> I will agree. But you will not forget them. You're not going to forget that shit? Mm-mm. No. They're your biggest teachers. They are. And... The way you respond, uh, first of all, just okay, sorry, here I go. Um, <laughs> what you consider to be a mistake is a lesson in itself, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times people 
see something as a mistake that maybe I wouldn't label as a mistake, right. you know? And that tells you something about yourself and your perceptions, mm-hmm. what you consider to be a mistake. Um, and then the mistake itself, why did I do this thing? You know, mm-hmm. did I know that this was going to be the outcome and I did it anyway? What does that tell me about myself? Right. You know? And then how you handle it afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things give you clues to who you are, who you are right now. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how you're always going to respond in that situation or that you did the wrong response. You know, that's just where you were. Like, there's no judgment, mm-hmm. but it teaches you something, you know, and hopefully the next time a similar situation comes along, you'll handle it more skillfully. Right. Hopefully. I, I do know people that, that continue to, to do the same thing mm-hmm. repeatedly and are surprised <laughs> every time. Very true. Yeah, they're just like, what? How did this happen? And I'm like, mm-hmm, same thing mm-hmm. that happened last time you did the same thing. <laughs> so they're not taking the lesson. They're not open to learning and growing and recognizing that mistake as a teacher. Right. You're teaching yourself in those situations. And sometimes you're not fully in control of this. Okay. You're never fully in control of anything. Right. Um, mm, we just lost 50 listeners. I heard them. I heard them. Turn it off. Click. Uh, yes. But, but you're... <laughs> <laughs> what? What was I talking about? Control. Um, how does that tie into what the hell I was talking and about? And learning from our mistakes. Learning from your mistakes. And and there's a there's a place where you have to take responsibility for what you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't take responsibility for absolutely everything. You know, if there's shared responsibility, you have to understand that that there's um there's it's dangerous if you accept all the blame yourself and you're not solely mm-hmm. to blame. That's problematic too. Right. You know, just it's just as problematic as accepting none of the responsibility when you had a hand in something, mm-hmm. you know? Um you have to have that balance. You have to take you have to stand up for what you've done or what you you know, whatever the mistake was. I don't know. It sounds like, you know, <laughs> I feel like I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's giving me feelings. I'm not, I'm not getting on to everybody. I just want you all to be responsible for yourselves. That's all. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know a lot of people that will, oh, my God, especially in relationships, that will let um, another party or a partner totally run everything. And no matter what, it's never their fault. It's never that person's fault. They didn't do it. They're always the victim. You know, it was a setup. Everybody was working against them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, there are people that it's always their fault. Oh, I screwed up. It was my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, constantly. And that's not healthy either. Neither of those are healthy. Those are both really extreme responses, mm-hmm. you know, where the, 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 the more mindful thing would be, uh, I have some responsibility here. You have some responsibility here. How can we... Um, avoid this situation in the future? How can we facilitate clearer communication with each other? Um, you know, how can we how can we show that we want to continue in our friendship or our relationship? How can we turn this situation into a moment of learning and kindness where, you know, previously it was conflict and misunderstanding, mm-hmm. you know? And, and you both have to be open to that. That's the key. You both have to be open to it. And exactly. it's just like learning lessons on your own. You have to be open to learning those lessons. Oh, gosh. My so. son is the worst. So anytime... I'm just going to use my kid as an example. Um, everything's mean to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, people. Things. Mm-hmm. He can um, walk into his own dresser and hurt his toe and the dresser was mean to him okay (laughs) he is not taking any responsibility or recognition (laughs) at all that the inanimate object Mm -hmm. did nothing right it sat there Mm-hmm. He walked into it, <laughs> and it, it was didn't me- move out of his way. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god! You just summed up my Gemini child. <laughs> the world did not warp itself around his needs. Mm-hmm. Oh god! So much clarity right now. <laughs> oh, bless him. Mm. But you know, 
he 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 does not take any responsibility. And I'm always like, you know, that dresser did. I'm that mom. Sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. It's um, okay, though. It just hasn't hadn't hit home yet. It hasn't lodged it in will. there. You say that, and I'm going to believe you because you have experience. <laughs> but I've I've been saying this for eight years. Let's see how many more years I have to say it before it settles in. Mm. Sometimes he'll come back and say you were right, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> Of course I'm right. I'm mom, you know? Uh, but then the next time he'll do the same thing, and I'm like, you remember that last time that I was right about the thing? Uh-huh. Don't no, do that thing. It's not. I'm not right this time, even though it's the same. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Kids, you guys. Y'all can relate to this, right? They can. <laughs> they can. Um, but, yeah, so so being open to learn from your mistakes is Highly important. Learn from other people's mistakes. Don't watch somebody do a thing and it fail, and then you do the thing and act all surprised when it ends up the same way. Come on, people. Uh, I learned a lot from my big brother's mistakes. A lot. I don't think he listens to the podcast. <laughs> oh, well. It's still true. Oh, well. Um, yeah, a lot. I learned a lot from him. He was, well, see, he was as, the crazy one. Yeah. As um, the older sibling of two... Oh, you were the I'm lesson a younger giver. Brother. <laughs> I was the lesson giver. So this, you know, I got in all the trouble. The second one got away with murder. You know, so. I didn't get away with murder, but I didn't try the murder because I saw what happened when my brother <laughs> did murders. And it well, was see, you were smart. Cool. I was smart. I was, you the, was smart. I was the smart one. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, to wrap this up, um, you're never going to stop learning. Nope. Uh, unless you choose to, and don't don't choose that. That's not a good choice. Um, but le- lessons come from anywhere and everywhere. So when I talked about last time when we did one of these, uh, know your craft. This is different. This is, it's a totally mm-hmm. different one. I know they seem very similar, and a lot of people kind of disregard this one. They're not the same thing, you know. Um, they can they they obviously contribute to each other. They mm-hmm. they are connected, but You've really got to focus on on what grows you, what evolves you. And it can be anywhere and anything. So don't uh, don't diminish your teachers. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Right. They're everywhere. The end. That's my whole story. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, sometimes the biggest lessons I learn is the things that make me feel most passion most passionate. Mm. Um what pisses me off. Oh girl, here we go. That's a big lesson. She's a ginger, y'all. <laughs> I'm also a cancer, which is even worse. I'm all up in the feelings. She's but, a cancer ginger. Yep. Um, you got some Aries in somewhere. <laughs> so let me say what I'm going to say. I forgot what you were doing. I'm sorry. I was not listening as I have just been talking about. I'm going to do that now. I know. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> the things that make me angry, the things that get me riled up, I've started to pay more closer attention to that. And I'm starting to find triggers that I didn't know that I had. My biggest one recently, like yesterday, um, I saw a family member helping another family member, a distant one, knowing full on that family member was fixing to get run over by a truck from this other family member. And I was doing everything I could. Yes, no. A metaphorical truck. No, metaphorically speaking, a truck. I just Um, needed clarity. I'm going to shut up now. They've hurt this person in the past numerous times. And because they're family and they love them, they're going to help them anyway. Yeah. And I'm standing back waiting for the truck. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. And yeah. that's tough. It's and tough get, to watch other people learn their lessons. And I'm sitting there. It's, it's like you reach out your hand to pet a dog and it bites you. How many times are you going to reach out to pet the damn dog? <laughs> Or if you see someone going to get hit by a truck and all you have to do is scream at them, get out the way, and they'll miss the truck. But yet I'm sitting there yelling and yelling and yelling and they're still standing in front of the effing truck. That is so hard. It's hard. You want to talk about go off. That's one of mine too. I will say (laughs) that I I share. I've gotten a lot better about it though, about letting people experience what they have to experience yeah. and learn their lessons, even though we can see it and they can't seem to see it. Right. But this is, Ugh. this is. Mm. You want to just shake them. But that's you their do. lesson. Especially when they're a parent. 
I know. <laughs> oh my god, girl. That that's what Give me you know. Started. Give me started yeah, on my I know. I don't know. I'm not going to start on my Y'all know what we're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, but I'm just saying, if you pay attention to things, lessons are great. Being open to things, listening to things, paying attention to other people's points of view and where they're coming from and things like that, you can learn a lot. But you can learn a lot from yourself, too, by paying attention to what pisses you off. Absolutely. What makes you laugh. Because mm-hmm. I got friends that have a very morbid sense of humor. Are you talking about me specifically? No, no okay. but it's like me. I'm horrible. My husband sticks his hand in a fan. It goes, I'm on the floor. <laughs> okay, Stuff I know like your that. husband, so that is funny. That is funny. So you just have to pay attention <laughs> is what I'm saying, even to yourself. You, you will teach your own lessons so well just by paying attention to how you react to certain things is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, and breaking that down because people react and they don't they don't look for that trigger, you Mm-mm. know? They don't look for, what is this telling me about myself? What is the boundary here that's been breached that makes me, that's that's causing this feeling? Right. And see, I used to not do that. I used to try to justify, mad. I'd be mad mm-hmm. or upset, and I'd try to justify how I was feeling, and that's another habit I'm trying to break here and that's recently. because you've been there. Yeah. You, you've been that person that right. gives and gives and gives, and so mm-hmm. you know how it feels. I do. And you don't want your loved one to feel that no. way. You know, and oh, here's another one. Yeah, I thought of another one Uh-oh. while you were talking because okay. I learned. Um, <laughs> no, um, this, God, this episode's annoying me now. Please, please keep listening, everyone. Um, <laughs> people are in situations that tell you what they are, mm-hmm. and you fucking ignore it. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't want because you don't, don't want to see that lesson. Yeah, you don't want to see the worst in people either. I do that shit. I'm getting. I've gotten so much better. I'm getting better. This past year has been so freeing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I tend to try and make excuses for people and their behaviors, Mm -hmm. and and um, I'm getting out of that business. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when it's repeated. Oh, yeah. Repeated behaviors. When people show you a red flag. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw this on the internet yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> that's brilliant and true. Um, so it was it was, it was was a little cartoon mm-hmm. meme thing. I don't know the words. Um, but it said when you look at the world through, when you look at people through ro- rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. red flags just look like flags. They do. You know, and I was like, oh, my God, that's true. That's very true. So when people show you who they are. And mm-hmm. situations show you what they are. I had a mm-hmm. toxic, super toxic work environment for years, but I loved the work but itself, but the environment was killing me right? and everyone in the place. Mm-hmm. And it still is. I'm just not there. Right. Um, I would always make excuses for it. Mm-hmm. And even though it was always the same story over and over and over and over and over and over, the same story, oh, well, this time it's just an emergency because this thing happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's always an emergency. Right. You know? And at no time in 20 years of working there did I have a moment where it was not somebody else's emergency that became my problem. Mm -hmm. You know? And, And or certain people that continue to show you the same side of themselves and you continue to make excuses. Oh, well, this is different because they're going through a lot of stuff right now. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. You know? I don't treat people like shit when I'm going through a lot of stuff. I hope. Do I do that? If I do, please tell me. No. Okay, see? 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 <laughs> so, I don't know. It's 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 hard, but mm-hmm. but those are lessons. Yeah. And you know, are you open to receiving them That's or what not? I'm saying. And it Pay may attention. It may take being beaten about the head with it. A few times. And sometimes it does. God, sometimes it, it does. does for me. I'm a real mm-hmm. slow learner about <laughs> about people. I really want to have a lot of compassion for people and mm-hmm. God, I'm the I'm so quick to make excuses for people. Oh my God. No, I'm um, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot from you actually mm-hmm. because <laughs> I know you, yeah. and um, I know how compassionate you are, mm-hmm. and I know how big-hearted you are, you know, and how much, like, you, Luna will give you the shirt off her back, and she will freeze yeah. if you need it. And so I feel like I know you well enough to know that when you say, uh-uh, girl, <laughs> then, then I need to listen, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or this person's asked too many times, you know. Yep. Then I need to listen, and and so you 
personally have have helped me recognize some of those behaviors where I was I would make excuses for people. Good. So thanks, thanks, Luna. You're welcome. And see, I learned by helping you. So. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> well, then just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's talk about gardening stuff. Oh. This is what everybody's been waiting for. Oh, sure. It is. All the questions <laughs> are about garden stuff. I'm okay. excited. Well, we do have a listener question. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do that first. Can I say her name? Yeah. Uh, okay yeah. I mean, it was on the... Okay. Yeah. Kristen Ashley asked me, when should we start buying garden supplies and actually putting soil down and whatnot? I'm due south of you if it matters. No, it doesn't matter. Matters um, to me. <laughs> right now, in Mississippi, right now, we are actually right on the cusp of spring. Next weekend, I think, is actually... Well, at the Mm-mm. time of this recording... Two, two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, when is it? Okay. It's spring, but next Sunday is time change. Oh, yeah. We spring forward an hour. It just sneaks up on me and surprises me in the night. That's at the time of this recording, not when y'all hear it, but what we're saying right now is it's in a week. Um, So... Spring is right around the corner. Usually we wait until right after Easter-ish to put seeds in the ground because mm-hmm. we will always have a freeze around Easter. Yep. I don't care how many times. Uh, usually when the Japanese magnolias start to bloom, you know we're going to have a freeze because they never get to full bloom. <laughs> and <laughs> At least they're not here so in Mississippi. Beautiful. They're gorgeous, but they just For never like get to. For like five minutes. Yeah, and then we have a freeze and it takes them out. But a lot of your fruit trees are starting to bloom. Uh, Dogwoods are starting to come in. Um, Flowering trees everywhere right now. So just kind of pay attention. If you don't see them, you're going to smell them because your sinuses are going to act up. I guarantee it. So you can put certain things in the ground right now. Um, Bushes, evergreens, fruit trees, uh, azaleas, things like that um, can go in the ground right now. Okay, bulbs can go in the ground right now. Uh, anything seed, if you're growing it from seed, keep it inside right now. Um, because if it does start to sprout, especially with all the water we have in the dirt, um, a freeze is going to come along and pop it. I think it's supposed to freeze this evening. In fact. It's cold today. It's very cold today. So that's pretty much it. Um, right now, I would just hold off putting out any t- anything what we consider tender like annuals and things like that, I would just hold off and wait until after Easter for that. Yeah, I, I always wait till after Easter. Yeah. yeah, but you can start them inside, and there's a lot of neat ways you can start them inside. Check out Pinterest, Google it, and they'll tell you you can use egg cartons and all kinds of stuff to start your seeds, and then you just take the whole dang thing and just stick it down in the dirt so there's no worry about transplant and things like that. That's usually the easiest way. There's, uh, You can make your own newspaper pots. Oh, yeah, I've seen There's that. a real easy way to do that, too. You're recycling at the same time. It's even better. You can use eggshells. Mm-hmm. So is it a good time to start seeds now? Inside, yeah, you indoors. can start seeds indoors. Because indoors. Okay. Mm-hmm. they don't need a lot of light, and you can just, you know, lightly mist them if they need water, and, you know, the warmth in your house will get them started. Excellent. Really, all the seed needs is just warmth than water. Yep. Yeah. They got all the food they need inside. That's it. Awesome. That's it. Thank you, Kristen Ashley. Thank that was you, our Kristen. only listener question. So you're our favorite listener Yay. of this episode. Congratulations! <laughs> I'll send you a button. Yay! If you don't already have one. That'd be a great idea. But I need your address because I don't know where you live. <laughs> so. Email us your address or text us, but don't put it on Facebook. Yeah, please don't put your address on Facebook. Come on. She's smarter than that. She is. I'm just, She's smarter than that. You know, me. it's kind of like, you, you know, know, needs to be said. When you call the doctor, it says that this is an emergency. <laughs> call the emergency room. Well, sweetheart, <laughs> if you that sick, you should have called 911 already, in my opinion. But anyway. It's true. Let's talk more. What Captain are we doing? Obvious. What okay. are we talking about today? Today we are going to talk about uh, hummingbirds, but I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I'm so excited. Yay. They're my favorite. (laughs) Everything's her favorite. I am a very excitable person. She is, and it's so funny. I I wish I could be a puppy. (laughs) That's very true. It would work out. All right. Last episode, we talked about bottle trees and how they keep evil spirits from your property and home. I hope y'all enjoyed that one. Um, They also act as great art or accent piece in your yard and garden. 
Um, using dead trees or live trees as bottle trees are acceptable. I'm actually planning to turn a dead cedar tree in my yard into a bottle tree this summer. Ooh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I have a lot of bottles, but they're mostly clear. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to have to paint them. You don't have to. You can use the... What if I want to? You can paint them if you want to. (laughs) Okay. That's right. The blue bottles are the most... Uh, They're going to catch effective. the most spirits, right? right. Well, that's what right. I want. Right, right, right. But let me know what you're planning on doing for your bottle trees. Okay. All right. So um, this episode, not really a quote-unquote design element, but certainly a source of amusement in your garden, and that's hummingbirds. All right. If you if you like to watch NASCAR, <laughs> I love hummingbirds. You'll so love much. watching Hummers race in your yard, and. Because they can be quite vicious to each other, but what a thrill it is watching these magical little creatures at play. They're so great. Okay, okay, I have a story. Uh You're shocked to your very core. Right. So I have a window in my living room, Mm -hmm. and um, our living room is pretty small, so all of our furniture is, you know, like lining the walls like you do. Um, So I have a couch right in front of that, Mm -hmm. and I hang the hummingbird feeders right outside the window so I can sit in the living room, and there they come, and the cats come running across the room and slam (laughs) themselves into the window trying to get the birds. And how much fun is that? It's the most fun. (laughs) If you have a window that you're near a lot, hang a feeder there. Mm-hmm. You can also sit on the front porch and hang a feeder on each end of the porch, and they will race back and forth and fight each other off one feeder to the other. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So we're going to lovingly call them Hummers this episode. Um, it sounds naughty, but it's not. I promise. Okay. So <laughs> put your mind. I can't. I know. All right. So I just you- limited myself. <laughs> so how do you attract bird, uh, hummingbirds to your yard? All right. So one, while I was researching this, did you know that birds don't have a great sense of smell? I don't know that I've ever thought about it. I did not know that. Um, hummingbirds love bright colored flowers, especially tubular shaped flowers that produce a lot of nectar. Okay. Their favorite color is red. Red means come hither oh to the hummus. <laughs> oh, you planned that sentence. I did. Didn't just I? for. Just see what I oh did my. there. Okay. They use <laughs> color to find the nectar filled flowers. So bright colors, uh, flowers like red, pink, coral will get them to come into your yard. And so, like, the yellow ones, that attracts wasps, I've heard. Really? Yes. And it pissed me off because I was like, why do they put these yellow flowers on these fucking hummingbird feeders <laughs> if it's going to attract wasps? Because I'm allergic. You know, I hadn't thought about that. It's <sighs> a good point. <laughs> if you were with, at Temple Fest with me last year, you know how I feel about wasps. Oh, God. I didn't make a scene, per se. But you could have. Or maybe People know. One. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> No, it was a class. It was cool. I'll tell you about it later, another time. Okay. All right. So hummingbird feeders are great in the garden, but you need to make sure that they have red on them, obviously. Um, I'm not sure about the yellow flowers, but that's... Look it up. Fact check Yeah, look it up. Okay. Make sure you clean them out every three to four days in hot weather at least twice a week because the nectar will sour. That's so important, guys. It's really nasty. Okay. I followed Audubon.org and found out how to make my own hummingbird nectar by dissolving a quarter cup of refined white sugar to one cup of boiling water. You mix the sugar and boiling water until it's dissolved, but let it cool to room temperature before you fill the feeders. Oh, dear God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Poor babies. Now, if you think about trying to use something like honey, it's not a good idea because it can actually promote a dangerous fungal growth that will actually kill the hummingbirds. Don't use honey. They don't eat honey. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's I okay. Okay. Don't use organic or natural or raw sugars um because they can contain high levels of iron that can be harmful to the hummingbirds. Plain white table sugar is fine. Sucrose, which when mixed with water very closely mimics the chemical composition of natural nectar. So keep this in mind, you don't want to kill the hummers or make them sick. No. No, you don't. No. Okay. So once you get them to your yard, how do you keep them there? Well, ideally, red flowers are what you use to attract them to the yard, and that'll keep them there, but you can put other plants close by that have the same flower shape and nectar that they're looking for, but that are a different color. It'll still bring them in. So what kind of plants? Uh, Different ones. I'm getting to that. Uh -uh. Don't rush me. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
And I actually put on my Instagram page, if y'all go and look, there is a migration map. I saw that. For the Hummers. They actually come up from Mexico. They're going to be here in a couple weeks. They are. I'm excited. They are. There's actually a little town in Texas, and I'm going to have to double check on this, and I'll actually put a link up for it. There's a spot on the coast of Texas where you can go and watch the Hummer birds come come on. Come on shore, yeah. Which is really cool. All right, so let's get to the plants. What kind of plants do the Hummers like? Yeah, I want to know. And this is just a sample because there's so many. I've got a Pinterest board started. I'll unlock it when this goes up. That's got tons and tons and tons of information on what kind of plants that you can have that the hummers really like. There are annuals that you can use to attract hummingbirds that bloom all summer long. Okay. All right. Now, annuals, if you don't, a lot of y'all know the difference, but I'm going to say this for the people who don't. If you see a plant that says annual, you have to plant it every year. It's going to die. It's going to die. <laughs> it ain't coming back. If you see a plant called perennial, it will come back every year. Now, it could come back from the stem of the plant. It could come back from the roots. You're going to have to check on that, too. A lot of the perennials will come back from the stem, but some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Like hydrangeas come back from the root. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But they're bushes, so they still sit there all year. They do. It's crazy. But they're even pretty in the wintertime. They are. My mom has my mom has some hydrangeas and they're blue. Mm-hmm. Depends on the acidity in the soil. I know. Yeah. And hers are blue. I don't know what it means when they're blue. Like what do you got in there when they're blue? I don't know. I think the higher the acidity, the more blue they are. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in that place. <laughs> that's look, that's my f- the 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 family land. Okay. It's not always been good land practices there. Oh, really? It explains a lot, actually, because we've <laughs> always had a garden, so we always eat the food from... Mm, I have questions. <laughs> I'm going to go do some research on that. That That's... I don't know. Um, uh, so, okay, plants. So yes, for hummingbirds. Yep. Black and blue salvia um, is a good one to try. It's really, really easy to grow. They bloom all summer. But the cool part about these is they have blue-purple flowers on black stems. Ooh. Do they... Oh, they're beautiful. I know exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Do they grow in the shade? They don't. They need full sun. Well, fuck. Well, I'm getting to it. Most flowering things do. <laughs> I did throw some shade I in mean, there. The I other promise. Th- oh, you threw in some shade for me? Mm-hmm. Thank you. I did. All right. Salvi is <laughs> I'm here it. for the shade. She's here for the shade. <laughs> Not the other shade. Okay. Maybe both. Maybe. All right, salvia is an annual in most of the country, but some varieties are perennials in the southern states because we stay warmer or longer. It's hot, y'all. It's hot. Snapdragons is another one. Uh, Zinnias are another great one. Now, this is a good one if you've got kids or even if you don't and you want to start gardening, zinnias are a great way to start. I love them. You You don't even have to plant the seed. You can just toss them down on the ground and they're going to root where they sit. That's awesome. Yep. And they're beautiful. And they are. They're bright. They're beautiful, big, bright. Uh, don't forget about your hanging baskets if you have a patio or a porch. I might could get some sun if I had it hanging up. Maybe. I got to look around. I didn't look up when I was mapping my garden. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I got to go do a new map. <laughs> All right, girl. Stop it. Okay. So hang, hanging baskets. <laughs> now, I'll put shades, shade on the hanging baskets because it, usually they're going to hang up underneath the porch anyway. Not if you put it on a pole. No, and it depends on if your <laughs> if your porch <laughs> face stop it if your porch faces east or west because you're going to get morning sun or evening sun. So you need to remember your sun. But hanging baskets if, are usually a lot of times are going to be shade plants anyway. Hummers love impatiens. Oh, I grow those every year. Okay, usually they're used in bedding plants, but you can put them in hang, hanging baskets just as well. I love them. They're beautiful. They are, and they're really easy. Um, They're bright in color, which are going to attract the hummingbirds, but they'll also wilt if you let them dry out, and you can immediately water them, and then they'll perk right back up. They're not going to die off. I love them. So you'll know immediately if you let them go too long, okay? Uh, Perennial plants, just to name a few that attract hummingbirds are daylilies, especially the brightest colors. Uh, Virginia creeper, which is usually the red tubular flowers you see growing up the sides of the interstate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. So some people are allergic to Virginia creeper. 
Yeah, but it's pretty at a distance. It is pretty. So I just wanted to put that out there. You might have mm-hmm. a, a skin reaction well, to Well, any it. plant, truthfully, any plant That's you true. can have an allergic reaction to. So please keep that in mind when you're choosing your plants. Azaleas, lilac, and butterfly bushes are all great for the hummingbirds, okay? I love azaleas. But just remember the brighter the colors, the better, okay, to attract them in. But once they're there, you can use all different kinds of colors as long as they have the nectar and the tubular flowers for them to go to. So how do they, okay, I I may be veering off the topic slightly. How do they nest? Like what, how can you make sure that they have an adequate space to build their nest in your yard? If you want them to stay, you know, they need to nest in your house, in your area, right? Right. Well, they don't just have to stay in your yard. If you've got trees, they're going to nest. Okay. So they don't really need anything but Mm -hmm. just like some trees. Right, and they're very tiny. Yeah. Have you ever seen a hummingbird nest? I don't know that I have. They're, they're super tiny. They're they're just a little bit smaller than a baseball. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got these two massive oak trees in my front yard. Yeah. And um, they live up there somewhere. Mm-hmm. They've um, got nests up there. All right, cool. So I just need trees. If you don't have any trees in your yard. They're probably not going to nest. They're probably not going to nest. Mm-hmm. All right, you're very practical. I'm going <laughs> to move forward. From this topic. All right. So that's hummers. Okay. So y'all start bringing in your hummingbirds. Okay. I'm going to post some videos. When when ours come in, I'm going to put my feeders up. And if it's the same three that have shown up for the last two years, which probably will be, because they generally migrate back to where they were. Um, these three are NASCAR in my yard. <laughs> and I've actually had them come as close as like an inch from my nose. If you stand perfectly still, they will come right up to you. It I is want to be so one of those people cool. that like feed feeds them, them in your hand. I know. I feel like that's dangerous. No, it's not. <laughs> they like actually, <laughs> they actually make a little feeder that you can. I have one. I'll give you one. It's a little disc shaped. It has a flower on it, and you just set it in your hand. Mm. You have a little nectar in it, and if they get used to you being out there, they'll come. I'm and be land the on weirdest your hand and feed. hummingbird creeper this year. <laughs> oh man, people are gonna drive by my house and be like, "What the hell? Do I have to like paint myself to match the?" Bricks? No, <laughs> I'm gonna do this properly. Sound guy is saying yes, you See? do. Thank you. I'm Full glad I have man. some support. Um, I had a question and Shoot. it disappeared from my brain. Okay, I don't know what it is. All right. Sorry. Well, that was my segment on the plants and the design and all that. So we're gonna skip down to crystals in the garden real quick. And I've just got one for you tonight, and it's green calcite. It is said to belong to the small earth spirits of the woods and meadows. It's a pale green stone. And thinking about uh, thanking the elementals with an offering of a small green calcite stone can result in a lush and blue, beautiful garden. I'm getting one. <laughs> you probably already have one. I probably you. do. I've got to dig through my rock collection. Mm, I know I have a couple of them. So it's also known as a healing stone. And is used to calm and soothe property that is too loud, crowded, or overactive. By placing a green calcite crystal in a flower pot or under a tree, it is known to soothe the area. Okay, I definitely don't have one then. <laughs> I need one. So I Especially gave, with your extra child this, this week. She's a sweetheart, though. Um, <laughs> so I gave my, you know, my magnolia that I've been wearing. Yeah, I brought it in. I brought it in the house. I think it's not dead uh, because I couldn't even bend the stem at all mm-hmm. like so i feel like it's strong inside okay um even if it looks withered on the outside i feel like me they're and not this blooming are one. Oh, i know i know um but okay so so i put um what was it you had said a moss agate to put mm-hmm. in there i also put a tree agate in there because i had mm-hmm. one and i thought why not it's a tree mm-hmm. um and and i covered them up so and then i watered it that one time because it's been it's still it didn't need any more. It's anyway. dormant, doesn't need a lot. You're right. Okay. So I'm gonna repot it before it starts to warm up. Okay. So when's a good time for me to do that? Now while it's you asleep. You can repot it now. Okay. It's not gonna hurt it. It's just Excellent. like I said, you can plant trees right now. Oh, you did say that she mm-hmm. said that out loud. Mm-hmm. I heard it and then mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> you have homework for us. I don't. No homework this time. No homework. No. All right. Well, just I'm going to repot on, my tree. <laughs> yeah, just keep working on your garden BOS and uh, follow the sun. See where your marks are. It's fixing to start changing. I've already noticed the sun change in my yard. It's time changes next weekend. 
is making a big difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, gosh, we've got so much more hours in the day. It's amazing mm-hmm. how quickly that, you know, you feel like you're in the darkness forever. Right. And then it's like, Yule's mm, done. I don't give a shit anymore. You're yeah. going to be up till 9 o'clock with sunshine. <laughs> it's been a really long winter gosh. this year. It, usually it goes so quick, but this year it's been... I guess probably because of all the rain. I know, you, probably know the rain, y'all are yeah. tired of us talking about the rain. Well, no, because we haven't been able to get outside and Mm-mm. feel the sunshine Mm-mm. on our bellies. I'm ready to rake and burn leaves, but it's not time yet. Yeah, I leave mine down on the ground for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I leave all the spring, like all the clovers and nettles and all mm-hmm. that crap. I leave all of that out. Like I don't let uh, hubby cut the grass until like June. Easter. No, June. Wait. Yeah, I wait a long time. Well, I'm a beekeeper, so I don't fuck oh, yeah. around. I leave you, lots you of like food the for clover. the bees. Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. that. So, and then there's parts of the yard that I don't ever. I have a small yard too. So mm-hmm. if I, if I had a larger yard, right. most of it would be wild all summer. I would be. I would have so many snakes. Think about it. Yeah, I'm leaning but. towards that in my front yard. I don't want to mow. Don't do it. I don't have a very big front yard. Yeah, just let it let bee food grow. Yep. The only thing I'm concerned about is right now it's like a marsh. Oh my god. And I gosh. want a marsh garden or what they call a mud kind of kind of a mud garden. I need a mud garden. But see what I'm thinking of is in July when we don't have any rain for like two and a half, three months of the year. Do you think we'll actually it turns get dry to concrete? This year? Oh yeah. yeah. It's drying out now. My yard. My yard never dries out fully, but I think I'm below <laughs> sea level or something. I don't know what's happening over there. You have a lot of ponds around your house, remember? Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, and there's one right behind my house. So right. The water doesn't have anywhere to go. Uh, so there's one area of my yard that's always a marsh mm-hmm. all year. Yep. So next show. Share your wisdom. Oh, I'm is it the very next show? Next show, I'm going to do marsh yes. gardens. I'm excited. Yeah. And all the other flooded households in Mississippi right. are. Also, so thrilled. you know, there was uh, flooding in another state too, Arizona, mm, maybe. I don't know. Some other state that didn't get mentioned as much as we did. Mm. It's a mess, though. Odd. Yeah, so that's a lot of talking about rain. Right. Um, let's wrap this show up <laughs> before everybody falls asleep. We really appreciate all the responses that we've had uh, from our, our recent episodes, and our listeners have been fantastic, and we yep. really appreciate your feedback. Uh, means the world to us. So please feel free to message us. Uh, Call us. Is the phone number? The phone number's working. Mm -hmm. Um, Go check out my Pinterest page. Look at her Pinterest page, y'all. Look, and if you haven't, Mm -hmm. go ahead because you're going to get behind and then you're never going to catch up. And there's so much. Um, So she's going to keep releasing more stuff every episode. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Blessed be. Bye, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. It helps get our podcast in front of more listeners just like you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 769-230-0305, or find us on facebook.com forward slash Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. You can find our Instagram account at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. Or for our latest episodes, search Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast on your favorite podcast provider.